Party on top. Party on, Sal. Rock on. Rock on. Well, welcome, fellow Party on Johncasters, to another episode of the Party on Johncast. This is the Reverend Sal Samarco, ordained teaching elder in the Presbytery of Newton in the Presbyterian Church USA uh, in the Validated Ministry of Chaplaincy. And this is the irreverent Reverend uh, Todd Laddick, <laughs> who, who is a uh, ordained elder in the uh, great, uh, United Methodist Church of Greater New Jersey, serving a congregation in Newton, New Jersey, on higher ground from Sal. That's the only higher ground I give him. Short of divine providence. That's right. So rock on. Rock on. Um, where, where are we today? Oh, oh my goodness. I think we are recording inside of a tattoo shop by the name of Freebird. Freebird, man. Free- <laughs> and we have a special guest with us today. Yes, we do. So uh, say hi, Amanda. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, for, for people who do not know this, though we have talked about it in the past, um, Amanda is the very rockin' tattoo artist that did my tattoo in November and then finished it up in, what, February, I guess? Something around that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Amanda. Oh, well, I'm about five years into tattooing now. Kind of got a late start on that. But uh, it's been a nice way of paying my student loans from art school, so I'm all right with it, (laughs) finally. but yeah, uh, I had some things happen about five years back that were not great, but they did afford me the ability to do an apprenticeship and basically, you know, apprenticeship, you have to work for a full-time year, no mm. pay, put your dues in, learn some things. And I was able to do that a little bit later in life than I thought. So I didn't miss the boat. And uh, I've been doing it about five years now and it's uh, it's nothing like what I would have expected it to be, which is cool. Well, that's absolutely cool. And it's also, I think the whole idea of apprenticeship needs to come back and more than just in tattooing like like we've lost the ability to just like say hey you want to learn the trade come I'll show it to you work mm-hmm. work for me and then in time you'll be able to you know take those skills and do something with it and here you are yeah. you, you put in a year of uh, free work but it's paid off I'd imagine oh yeah, yeah. learned a lot of things mm-hmm. yeah so um I know it paid off on my arm <laughs> so, <laughs> so so rock on we'll, we'll have to post uh, we'll pictures post again pictures of our uh, tattoos we'll definitely uh, we'll link your uh, your Instagram account yeah sure Oh yeah, that'd be that. Yeah, we'll definitely do that, and uh, and we'll we'll plug not only Amanda, but we'll plug uh, your tattoo artist, uh, Kevin. A shout out to Kevin, and uh, we'll yay, he's yay. raising his hand, <laughs> um, and and we will uh, we'll plug uh, Freebird as a whole, uh, but this is not Freebird of Leonard Skinner fame. It's no. uh, or Leonard Skinner fame. Leonard, Leonard. Leonard with a Y. <laughs> you uh, you'll probably hear of uh, Skinner reference again throughout the podcast, but this is not. Not the place. Not the place. So, um, okay, so that's that's uh, our introduction, and uh, we're gonna go to the Hebrews segment. Hey, Todd. Hey, Sal. How do you know that God loves coffee? How? He wrote about it in the book of Hebrews. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's. Every time. I bet you you're gonna you're gonna take that everywhere you go, Amanda. <laughs> As you're tattooing people, you're gonna be like, "Hey guys, guess what?" <laughs> that's, 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 God loves coffee. <laughs> um, so, okay, Sal, tell me what you're drinking. I am drinking a chocolate covered raspberry latte iced from. Is it a latte? I think it's a latte. It's a latte. 
from Between the Bread with oatmeal milk. Ooh. Ooh. Exotic. Very, very good. I normally am all for drinking cow's milk because unlike Todd, I think, Amanda, you're a vegan as well? I'm vegetarian. Vegetarian, okay. Somebody told me. Well, here, here. (laughs) I enjoy drinking the uh, the milk of other animals. Well, I can't help you with that. I'm sorry. Can't help myself. (laughs) It's my one vice. Everybody has their weird quirk. You like drinking the milk of other animals. I do. As does probably... 90% 90% of 90% the rest of, of humans them. on the planet. So, <laughs> But uh, oak, uh, oak milk is actually pretty good. I uh, just recently heard of it, and when, so when they said they had it uh, between the bread, I said I'll try it. Yeah, I have to say, the oat milk actually makes the latte better, which oh. I didn't realize it was going to do. But I'm, I happen to be drinking the same thing, and I actually love the chocolate-covered raspberry, which we got from where? You said it already, between, between the bread. Between the bread. Between the bread, we'll, we'll record a podcast there sometime, hopefully. But for those of you from the Newton area, between the bread is right next door to Freebird. So come get some coffee and then get a tattoo. Get coffee and then get inked. It's yes. this, it's or get inked and get coffee. It's either way. It's the either way to way. go. Um, so so I get the chocolate covered raspberry, usually the hot latte, and uh, but this time uh, I decided to go iced and try it with oat milk, and it is absolutely delicious. Best lattes around, not just in town but around as a whole. So what are you drinking, Amanda? I have some sort of a peach mango concoction that I've always been a fan of since we moved the studio up here. Um, I forget that I how much I like it until it gets nice and hot. Yeah. And, and I take the first sip, I'm like, oh yeah, this that is, stuff. This is all great. Summer. It's be great. <laughs> Um, so awesome. So it's a peach mango concoction of sorts. Yeah. Peach mango iced tea, effectively. Okay. Awesome. Peaches and tea or something like that, right? Something or like something that. like that. They yeah. have a fancy name for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's delicious. Um, well, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so that's what we're drinking, which moves us to our most excellent music segment. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Evan's like, wow. That's a lot to take in the first time you hear it. (laughs) You really hyped that up. (laughs) You need need echo effects on that, though. Oh, it it, It, it needs to be grandified. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go big. If you're going to go go at all, you go big. So So this is a segment that we started. It started out as heavy metal music Ah. and has now branched out to music in general because we, you know, we're not always listening to metal music, so... Uh, who wants to go first? Oh, I will. So, uh, for those of you that don't already know this, um, one of my all-time, I can't even say one of my all-time favorite band growing up and still today is Bon Jovi. Not quite heavy metal, but they can be heavy-ish at points and hard rock-ish, definitely. But I even got them tattooed. It was one of the first tattoos I got, the first one being right underneath it. Um, but it's uh, the banner of uh, that says Bon Jovi that's off of the New Jersey album. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, which is one of my favorite albums, plus happens to be the state I've lived in. Uh, so a whole bunch of good reasons to like Bon Jovi, but I'm not going to sell you on that. Just go listen to them. But today's song comes off of their l- more recent album called This House Is Not For Sale, and it's called The Devil's In The Temple, which 
had me just from the word devil. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, what can I say? So, um, so the, the opening lyrics and chorus go like this. Uh, this was a church, a house full of prayer. It ain't that now. I could tear it down. There's thieves at the altar. A snake wears the crown. Hand, handing you coal, swearing it's gold. Look what they've done to this house of love. It's too late to turn river to blood. The savior's come and gone. We're all out of time. The devil's in the temple, and he ain't no friend of mine. So that song, and we'll, I'll post a uh, link to the, the music video as well as um, the music video as well as the explanation that John gives for the song. But it came off of a pretty rough year in 2014. Um, one, in 2013, Richie Sambora left the band. Uh, they kind of parted ways. I, I think they're still friends and partners in other ways, but but he's no longer in the band. And so that, that was tough in and of itself. And then Mercury Records kind of, um, I don't know how to put it, kind of messed with the band who had been on their label for 30 years and probably their highest selling band on that label. Um, and they just kind of screwed things up pretty royally and the band left the label. So like the whole year was kind of tumultuous for them. And then you add to that that, that uh, John was reflecting on the changes of the music industry and how, like, when he was a kid, you know, you, you pick up a guitar, you play songs, you want to become a, a, a rock star, make music, and now it's just all about the, the money, you know, and the system, the big rigged system that's, that's there and kind of lamenting that, but yet realizing that when he was coming in, there were people who had been in the business for 30 years lamenting where music was at that point. And 30 years from now, somebody will be doing the same thing. And so kind of also pointing to the hope that what's been torn down can be rebuilt. And uh, kind of he leaves it with a charge of like, OK, so, you know, give me a happy ending. Tell me your story, you know, and I thought it was pretty cool. But what I like about it is it ties into the church as well, because many of us who grew up in the church and I don't know if you did or didn't, Amanda, but I did, and um, Sal did-ish. Uh, did-ish. <laughs> did-ish. But I grew up in the church, and, you know, like, I remember Sundays being packed and people coming there and having friends at church, and, like, it was, like, its own place. Like, you went to school and you had friends there, but then you went to church and there was this whole community of people that you were on the same page with for the most part. And now you're lucky if you see a kid in church, let alone have a whole community of them. And, you know, people lament that. And you hear people saying, well, I remember, you know, years ago when churches used to be filled and what, what's happening? No one comes to church anymore. So there's this, like, grief that this house, you know, of love is no longer what it once was. And yet there's the hope that, like, well, okay, so what are we doing about it? Like, right. how, how are we providing the happy ending, so to speak? And there is one out there. And, you know, I, I have faith in that. So I thought that song was kind of fitting and, for that reason. And I'll shut up now. And com <laughs> <laughs> well, to add my two cents, uh, community changes. I mean, look at where we're doing this podcast. Amen. Community changes. Yes, this was not always here. When did Freebird open? It was uh, roughly. A year ago. Yeah. A year ago. I mean, it, it was it was uh, in Flanders for a couple of years before that. Right. But this location, our, our big move, yeah. about a year now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So a year ago, almost or roughly, uh, there was no Freebird on Spring Street, and now here no. you are. And I have to say, you're one of the most rocking places on Spring Street. 
Hello, Ariel. Hello. <laughs> We're shouting out to Ariel, too. We shouted out to Kevin. We got to shout out to Ariel. That's so. my owner and boss lady. Yeah, she rocks. Okay, so what do you, uh, who wants to go next? Well, as our, as our guest, do you want to wrap it up? Oh, our, uh, I don't think I have anything quite as profound. I've just been listening to random things lately. Hmm. Um, I think that I, I started... Uh, once again, Tool is threatening to put out a new album. <laughs> I heard that. And, uh, and they, they might actually do it this time. So I've been kind of reviewing their whole catalog. Uh, that goes in five million different directions. And then... Uh, so many memories of Undertow. Yeah. <laughs> Sober. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then a friend of mine, for I think the third time in the past year, has said, you need to listen to Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. Mm. And I said... Yeah, I'll get to it. So I, I, I got to it this week. It's sort of like if, um, if Frank Zappa and Mike Patton had a weird sleepover. It, it, I don't know what to, how, how to describe it. Um, Ambient strangeness. All you have to say is Mike Patton. Yeah, That's pretty, yeah. With yeah. Frank Zappa. Yeah. Yeah, wow. It's, it's odd stuff. I can't say I don't like it, though. Oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, the only thing that would make that uh, you know odder or weirder uh, would be... Uh, if you were to take Mike Patton, uh, Frank Zappa, and throw in Frank Oz into the mix <laughs> with, the, with the Yoda voice or something, mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that would be pretty <laughs> That'd be odd. weird. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Amanda, you'll have to email us the, um, the stuff that you just listed off, and we'll, oh, yeah. we'll put links in there for that as well. Um, Sal. Uh, all right, so I've, been, I've reviewed uh, Andrew Peterson on this podcast before. He's a contemporary Christian artist. Um, kind of like a... Well, can't really pin his music down. It's got a very much folky... A lot of his music is piano-driven. Okay. Um, the song I'm reviewing today is... Um, it's called In the Night. It's got a very much a bluegrass sound to it. Mm. It's off his Counting Stars album, which actually when my wife and I got... Shout out to Allison... When we got married, we used a, one of our readings in our wedding was a, his song, Dancing in the Minefield. Uh, oh. There's a line in that song that says, uh, in the midst of all this chaos, baby, I can dance with you. So that was kind of our <laughs> romance. Okay, whatever. You can no, rag cool. on me later. Um, <laughs> we'll do it over her beer. <laughs> we will. But the, the song that I'm reviewing in the night is about kind of like Todd mentioned in his song review, Hope. And... One of the tattoos that Kevin did for me is Rebellions Are Built on Hope from Star Wars. Um, Rogue One. Rogue One. Which, by the way, happens to be the best Star Wars movie ever, even though it's only a Star Wars story. (laughs) It happens to just rock. So let me read a couple of verses from uh, from the song. It says, uh, I see the armies of the enemy approaching and the people driven trembling to the shore, but a doorway through the water now is opening... So in the night, my hope lives on. Like the son who thought he'd gone beyond forgiveness, too ashamed to lift his head. But if he could lift his head, he would see the father running, see his father running from a distance. In the night, my hope lives on. I can see the crowd of men retreating as he stands between the woman and their stones. And if mercy, if mercy in his holy heart is beating, then in the night, my hope lives on. Ooh. So. Yeah. That's powerful. Yep. Kind of makes me think of uh, what Paul says. Paul says in Romans that um, 
we can boast in our sufferings because our suffering produces character, mm. which produces endurance, which produces hope. True story. Uh, of course, when you're in the midst of those sufferings, it doesn't necessarily feel that no, way. No, it but does not. Looking, no. looking no. back on it, when you look at the things that have shaped you through life, not all of them have been pleasant, no. but here we are. So, here we are. Yeah. So there is wisdom to that. Um, well then, uh, so that would be our most excellent music segment. Um, and now we're going to get to the sacred art of tattooing. Uh-oh. Yeah, the sacred art of tattooing, which most most people, um, I th- this is starting to change, but I, I don't think for the longest time tattooing had this sort of stigma to it. And I guess it still kind of does, but it's it's emerging from that. Uh, and people are starting to realize the value of it more and more. But let me just, is there if I just set this up? Because there, there's a reason that kind of we decided to uh, record here at Freebird. And one of the reasons happens to be, actually the reason happens to be Amanda, because I was sitting there getting this tattoo, this lovely tattoo I got. Um, by the way, I have to post the clip art that I sent you because people won't believe. <laughs> like, like I, I, I literally came down with a piece of black and white clip art and said, could you do this as a tattoo? And you were like, like you, you don't want just that though, right? Like you, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like I want to, like to come to life. And you're like, yeah, I think, I think we could do something you're with that. You're not alone. In fact, I was actually thinking recently about uh, posting the finished piece that I do along with the weird little chunks of imagery that have actually been sent to me at the inception of the whole process. Be like, hey, if you send me X, you will get Y. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. (laughs) After me grilling you for about an hour on what you really want and how to do it, and then you're going to go home a little confused, and you're hopefully going to come in and see a drawing, and you're like, yeah, that, that's what I meant. Absolutely, yeah, so... um... Yeah, that's, you know, so I sent, so so I will post that. I'll have to post yeah. that. But all the same, um, we're in there, uh, God, like four hours or so, right? Something like, like that, Like the yeah. first session. Um, and we were just talking about, like, you know, I was telling Amanda about what I do as a pastor. And, uh, and she was sharing what she does as a tattoo artist. And along the lines, like a light bulb went off, like a an epiphany almost and I doesn't happen very often for Todd so (laughs) you're so lovely (laughs) I love you um so so the light bulb went off and I realized like my god in some ways tattoo being a tattoo artist is not all that different from being a pastor and here's what I mean by that um a lot of times as a pastor, I come in and, you know, I'm going to do the work that I'm scheduled to do that day. And then something comes up and somebody needs to talk to me and they come in and they talk to me and they unload like their, their baggage, which is part of what I do. And you never know how that's going to hit you. Sometimes you have something to say to it. Sometimes you don't have anything to say to it, but you're just there and listening. Um, But people really come and share the deepest, darkest things happening in their lives, and you're there to hear them, to be with them, to process it with them, and then, of course, you walk away from that and have to process it yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you were sharing some really interesting things about what you do, Amanda, in terms of the types of tattoos that you do, people's stories coming in. So that's kind of where I wanted to start us off, because I, I think 
not only start us off, that's kind of what I want this, the, the conversation to be around because I don't think many people think of tattooing in this particular light. Yeah, so I think one of the things I didn't expect as a tattoo artist was to be involved in people's therapy for various sorts of damage that they acquire. So that can be anything from covering, masking scars from surgeries, uh, masking scars from abuse or self-abuse, to uh, making them feel good about their bodies again mm. in some way, shape, or form, or also uh, creating personalized tributes to lo loved ones that they've lost. Sure, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And then also sometimes even people that have been physically or sexually abused want to reclaim their body in some way, make it theirs again and sometimes decorating it with things that are very personal to them gives them ownership of themselves back. Sure. So there's a couple different layers to these sorts of trauma and grief that I end up having to design around. And then also during the actual inking process, I'm interacting with these people for hours, sometimes mm -hmm. hours upon hours, multiple sessions, depending on the size. And uh, they unload their stories on me too. Yeah, so yeah. So I get that experience as well. Yeah. Um, so, so if let me let me ask this, because uh, obviously there is uh, in past in pastoral care, there's there's confidentiality that's assumed, barring something where I'm by law legally to you know required to report. Right. Like, so if someone comes in and says, "Gee." I hate my wife and I'm going to kill her tonight. Like, I can't just, well, come, that's between <laughs> you, me, and God, you know? <laughs> like, I have a moral responsibility to, to report that. So, but anything outside of that, like that sort mm -hmm. of thing, um, I, I have a, it's, it's assumed that pastors are going to keep confidence. So I'm not, I'm going to ask this, but I'm not going to ask you to give names or, you know, people right. or anything like that, because we want, we want to keep that confidence because there is a confidence, I think, between the tattoo artist and the person that they're tattooing, correct? Of course. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell stories to other clients with the most vague uh, references possible, so you don't really know what the tattoo was that they got right. or who they were. Right, know, right. the situation. So, in your experience, could you tell us maybe some of the the tattoos and the tattoos that you've done, and maybe some of the stories behind them? Okay. Vaguely. Um, <laughs> as so, vaguely as not vaguely as possible. Yes. All the details in a very vague way. Yes. So, uh, I think one of the more practical kind of uh, therapies with tattooing is covering of actual physical scars. Uh, I do so many C-section cover-ups. Uh, women go through pregnancy, they come out the other side, C-section operations, sometimes reconstructive surgeries, things like that, and they look in the mirror and they don't like what they see necessarily, so we decorate it, and they, they get their body back to a certain extent. Uh, in that same vein, uh, people that have mastectomies, removal of breast cancer, or preemptive even, and they go, once again, they look in the mirror and they don't see something that they recognize, and it throws them off, mm -hmm. and it can actually depress them a lot. And uh, a little decoration goes a long way to making them like their body again. Sure, sure. I've actually, I've seen on one of the morning shows, there was a, a piece on an, a tattoo artist who like you described, women who have breast cancer have it removed. Um, 
And you wouldn't think that when they do the surgery, their nipples are removed. Mm-hmm. And so these women are without nipples and they lose all sorts of self-confidence. Right. And so this, this tattoo artist was able to tattoo nipples on their breasts. Yeah. And they felt like a woman again. So, so. In, in the state of New Jersey, um, at least, and in several other states, there's a separation between cosmetic tattooing and what we do. It's a, tif- a different license. You have to have an independent uh, workspace for it. And they consider that sort of reconstruction cosmetic. Mm. So uh, makeup, uh, restoring areolas, things like that are considered cosmetic. And I'm not licensed to do that in the state of New Jersey. But I could slam a blue dragon across your chest and that's somehow totally <laughs> So if it makes you happy to have a spray of lilies across your chest and and you know maybe no nipples but lilies are good um what if you did like little blue dragons as nipples right right there's, there's the line in the sand with right. this but uh it was something i kind of wanted to get into the because no 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 um see see now you're just giving me ideas uh I'd like just kind of test the health department and be like, so is this cosmetic? What about that nipples? Um, but yeah. You're never unseen that, are you? I, never, unseen. <laughs> never. I'm going to need the two appointment years tomorrow. You, you too can yes. have them. Captain America nipples. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I don't know where the line in the sand is, but uh, I was considering eventually getting so, a license to do that because I a lot of females in my family have... Uh, have breast cancer sure. and cervical cancer, the whole, mm-hmm. you know. And they do that out of a doctor's office because apparently the standard practice is that a doctor or a surgeon does that, like tattoos the fake nipple back on. So you can you can picture the, the uh, high school notebook drawing version of a nipple mm-hmm. and that's what they get. They get like a little brownish purple like circle with a dot in the middle. Yeah. Like, like oh yeah, that's very convincing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would like to get into doing that more so. But yeah, I, I can I can put a dragon there, or lilies, or anything you can dream up, really. Absolutely. Um, so, um, so, so, breast cancer, C-section. Weight reduction surgery. Weight reduction, yeah. Yeah, you, they take in a lot of skin, and that leaves you, honestly, looking a little bit like a patchwork quilt. Gotcha. Uh, just seams all over the place. Uh, apparently, and if anybody's wondering, all those scars have a pretty big border of uh, lack of sensation, so you can get away a lot with a lot tattooing them. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's something <clears throat> interesting because that that's actually close to my heart. Um, uh, not that I get tattoos for hiding weight reduction, but as somebody who was once morbidly obese, I was 306.9 pounds, which I'm not sure everybody who listens to us on this show would know, but hmm. um, the whole reason I'm vegan is really health reasons. I had uh, type two diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Wow. Um, uh, all sort of high, like I actually had the beginnings of cirrhosis, Ooh. which people associate with alcoholism, mm. but the highest cause of cirrhosis is actually obesity, being overweight. I did not know that. Um, of course, the majority of alcoholics do have cirrhosis, so it's there's a reason that that gets associated with it, but I uh, became vegan by doing a 60-day juice fast, and I lost 
on that fast, 66 pounds, reversed all of the diseases, got off wow. all medication, and then just stayed vegan from that point on. And let me tell you, like, when you lose weight, you don't lose the evidence that you once had that weight. Absolutely not. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and that does weird things to your self-perception, you know? It, it really does. It makes you self-conscious <clears throat> if you're out on the beach without a shirt on and, you know, like, you're just mm -hmm. flab is hanging out there. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's, I, I think, I think what I like about, um, what we, what we, what we're talking about here today is that people look at tattooing as something completely unnecessary. Like, like, why do you need a tattoo? Like what's wrong with liking you for who you are? <laughs> right. But, but that's coming from a perception that I just want a tattoo because I want to ink my skin up for the heck of it and yeah. not realizing that there are whole and yeah, sometimes that is the case. I mean, I'll admit, I like inking my skin up, but there, there are there are people who come in for tattoos for a whole plethora of different reasons. Yeah. Um, right. There's uh, well, there's the religious back uh, background and kind of hesitancy to accept tattoos. I mean, in the sort of the Christian idea of you don't mark up your body because you know the Old Testament says your body is a temple and you know do not put a mark on your body. We mark up our temples pretty good, though. We do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Well, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast on flags and all that stuff. Um, but I think, you know, that's kind of the, the scriptural background that a lot of Christians come from. But I think it's more of the cultural taboo of, you know, up until uh, recently, tattoos were what sailors got. Yeah. Um, or like in Japan, you know, tattoos <clears throat> are associated with the Yakuza, with you know, organized crime. organized crime. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think that the stigmas exist not because there isn't any truth to the stigma, but but they exist because there is some truth to the stigma. Right. But like all things, like stereotypes and all things, the truth is actually a small little nugget, and there's a whole world of untruth about the right. stigma, mm -hmm. and so. Um, you know, yeah, there was a back in the day, like in the 60s and 70s, if you walked into a tattoo shop, you were likely coming out with an, you know, a, a disease of some sort. And, right. Because uh, <laughs> you, you, know, you probably were. Yeah, yeah. The odds were high. The odds were high <laughs> because they didn't have the, they didn't have the same understanding of, you know. And some heavy metals under your skin and yeah, some other yeah, nasty bits that yeah, could occur. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but the reality is between the 60s, 70s, and now, there's, you know, decades of time, advancement, and artistry that has developed around tattooing. And the other end of it is that people aren't just getting tattoos to mark themselves up for no good reason, but sometimes they're getting tattoos as a part of the healing process yeah. for the mm -hmm. different things that they've suffered. Um, I don't know, I, th I think when you were, when I was getting tattooed, by you, Amanda, you were telling me that sometimes somebody has endured rape. Yeah. I, uh, I had a couple of clients because, you know, you usually you're, you're tattooing, uh, you end up, those tattoos end up in, in kind of private places. I think subconsciously they realize that they want to put this image somewhere where only they get to see it because of that kind of violation that's occurred. So it's usually the tattoo artist and the client in a private room or in a private situation where, you know, curtains closed, et cetera, et cetera. And they're telling you all about their experience, but really what they, what they want to do is they want, they want their body back, I think. Mm -hmm. Somebody took something from them and they want it back. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, I've had uh, lots of clients come in that were victims of sexual abuse and rape and get the most beautiful images in places that only they can see. Yeah. 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 And that's uh, pretty special that you get to share that with them. Yeah. Because that's a lot of trust for them to, uh, just as Todd and I would say for pastoral counseling, that's they're letting you into that private place that they don't want people to see. I am I am touching them all over because I have to when I'm working <laughs> in, in a place where probably the last time somebody touched them, it was a very bad time for them. So uh, a lot goes into that. Uh, and then I, I'm nose down. I'm just trying to work nice and efficiently and, and, and make it everything it can be and everything that they want it to be. So I'm, you know, I'm in my little zone and a couple hours go by and I'm like, okay, we're good. We're done. And we get up and I, I, I'm like, oh, I'm being hugged. Oh, here, here we go. We're all right. We're doing this. (laughs) And, uh, I, I get focused on the, on the artistry of it. And I forget that the entire time this person is, is looking going, I'm, I'm so happy. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 closing a chapter in their life, and I like what you said because you said um, that that they're trying to take their body back, mm-hmm. um, and that something had been taken from them. And oftentimes, when when we're when we're raped or traumatized in that way, we lose any sense of control in in the world around us. And mm-hmm. in fact, rape is you know if people joke about you know. Well, they don't joke, but people make comments about, well, if so-and-so didn't dress that way or they didn't look that way or they didn't talk that way, people don't get raped because of how they dress or how they talk or or any of that type of thing. They get raped because of power dynamics. Right. It's a control issue. It's a control issue. Yeah. And so one person is, in essence, taking the control away from another person. And not only taking that, but stripping them of their value, their dignity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they come to you. And the, one of the ways to process and heal from that is to take some of that back. Power back. Yeah. Yeah, take some of that back. Enable, you enable them to reclaim who they are mm-hmm. and yeah. get that power back. Yeah. Um, I, I know another common thing that people get tattoos for is like when they lose loved ones or yeah. miscarriages or, or mm-hmm. a baby or child dies. That, those, are the, those are the ones that take me by surprise because some of them are very obvious. Somebody comes in, oh, you know, I lost my mother last week. I want to do something for her. I lost my friend about a year ago. I want to do something. For, those are the obvious ones. But then there's the ones that you don't find out about until they're done. I have no idea why, you know, they give me a very, a very custom uh, design that they want. And I work on, on it with them. And, and they, they seem to be tweaking it back and forth. And sometimes I think it's just an image that they aesthetically like. Yeah. So I don't ask too many questions. Uh, it may come up while we're tattooing, but at that point, we're almost at the finish line, and I get told, oh, yeah, well, this is, this is for the child I lost at, you know, seven months, and I haven't been able to get over this for three years. And, and then I look at the image, and I'm, all, the, all the puzzle pieces fit together. I'm like, oh, oh. That's what I'm doing. That's <laughs> what this is. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't even recognize it at first. Yeah. That's happened a couple times. Um, that, that leads me to this question, Amanda. What's it like for you? How, how do you process that? Because th- there's the reality. Was, that was going to be my question. How do you, um, my work as a, as a chaplain, um, I call it emotional vomit. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Uh, it, that's what it is. Um, people will come and, you know, I was once told by a colleague um, that you're here to support us. We're not here to support you. 
so let us vomit on you. Mm-hmm. And, but don't expect us to support you. So how do you... And that's where Todd comes in, so... <laughs> so, on, so he on, comes up to the pastor. I come up to the pastor. <laughs> so how do you, like, how do you, um, how do you deal with that? Because uh, that's a lot for you to carry. I, I think if you weren't a, a, aware of all of the ups and downs in the world, you, you wouldn't really make anything of interest. If, if everybody in, in the world had a good day every day, we wouldn't have a whole lot of art out there. We wouldn't have a whole lot of music out there, actually. Think about that. Uh, was that a was that a Cobain cl- quote where he says, "Thank you for the, thank you for your suffering. I need it for my for my art or something." I think so, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, and on top of it, I have this weird little mechanism in my brain where, when I am feeling like I've gotten knocked down, like universe must be out to get me. You know, all all the things at once. Uh, I feel like you get this sensation that you're the only one mm-hmm. and for some weird reason hearing that other people are going through stuff similar or worse or parallel I feel so much better nothing has changed I'm not happy that they're unhappy I'm I don't nothing's solved on my end I'm like oh everybody everybody has this yeah. we're, we're all we're all on this roller coaster it's cool um, so in a way, being there for other people's suffering and helping them through their suffering, through tattooing and listening and talking, uh, it helps you through your own suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I realize, I mean, sometimes, and I, I try ne- never to mention this, but sometimes somebody comes to me with such baggage, I go, wow, well, at least I don't have that problem. That would never come out of my mouth, because you never want somebody <laughs> to be like, oh, well, I feel that, no. But... Um, but most of the time, it's just, wow, everybody's got their own thing. I never thought that this was a problem. People come to you with certain uh, disorders and diseases, for instance, and you're like, wow, I've, I've never even heard of that. That's a thing? Uh, you, you, can, you can feel a lot better that your weird individual problem is just as bad as somebody else's very weird individual problem. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, uh, there's healing all around to know you're not alone. Yeah. I think one of the biggest fears that all humans have that share in common, and I think the Bible reflects this actually, um, is the fear of being alone. And I think that's why out of all of the people will pull up the weirdest laws and say, well, the Bible says don't do blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like it says it maybe three times. But, but if you want to find what the Bible says the most, it's this. Fear not, for I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never fail you or abandon you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I think the common thread throughout all of humanity is this feeling that yeah. I'm alone. This is it. Like, I'm alone. No one gets me. No one understands me. I'm mm-hmm. going to perish in my suffering, and this is all going to be in vain. It's like the Psalms, right? The, the, the yep. whole gamut. Yeah. 365 times in the Bible, there's one form or another of fear not. Fear not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You follow up... Uh, Jesus on the cross uses Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it's followed up by the most famous hymn of, uh, psalm of all, uh, I will fear no evil, even though I walk through the valley of death. Yeah, yeah, Psalm 23, even though I, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I've tattooed an image of that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I actually have it somewhere out there. I have a tattoo of a, a fellow walking through the valley of the shadow of death. That is awesome. Actually, that is awesome. And I, I believe that the psalm is, is quoted. Yeah, yeah, at the bottom. 
There you go. Yeah, so my God, <laughs> my God, why have you forsaken me? I haven't. Nope. Even, even as I'm walking through this shadow, uh, you are there with me. I will fear no evil. Um, of course, I do fear evil. I think we all do. But, but it's that, that hope. It's that hope that we're not alone. And I think that is what is healing about coming in and getting a tattoo. Not only are they getting this tattoo as a reminder for themselves, but they're able to share that with somebody else, human mm -hmm. to human, touch, you know, human touch, human, yeah. human mm -hmm. uh, presence. And, and it's that feeling of, I, I'm not doing this alone. My tattoo artist is a part of this journey mm -hmm. with me. Um, yeah. My friends are a part of this journey with me. My God is, yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's almost a valid, it's a very valid excuse for people to explain their problem to me because how else am I going to know what to draw up? Right. right. What, do I, what do I know? You're, you're telling me you want, you want flowers. That's, that's great. That's fairly generic. Why? For what? And now I've just invited them to the emotional vomit because yeah. it's part of it. I need to know why because if I, if I draw the flowers this way in the style, whatever, it's one thing. If I... But if I know what it's about, and it's got to be the opposite of that, well, then I need to know. So it's an open door for people to you, uh, explain. You can't write that chapter in their book if you don't know the story. Right. Do you ever feel like you've been taken so by surprise, like you, you come in thinking one thing, and then, and then you walk out the door at the end of the day feeling like, wow, I did not know that that was what I was going to be doing or, or that was the reason I was tattooing someone and then just have to process that at home? <laughs> um, you know, the stuff, I expected things to haunt me a little bit more. Okay. Um, I expected for all this bad stuff that people were handing me to uh, weigh on me more when I went home. But... I get sort of the instant gratification of of sort of making it better for them. It's it's the opposite of customer service. When you work in customer service, anybody talking to you already has a problem. So they're already angry and you're not going you the chances of you making it better are like meh 50/50. The chances of me making this better is like nearly 100%. When when in a couple hours when they're done, they're going to be way happier than when they came in. So I get to see the the upswing of the trauma rather than just trying to sort through it. Yeah. You know, this is a thing that concludes with them in a, in a much better uh, place than where they started. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get, I get to uh, get out of jail free f to a certain extent with, um, they've already done the work. Mm -hmm. They've already sorted through this to a certain extent. They just want to put a stamp on it and, and seal the deal. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's that's why I get to be there for. I get to be there for the finish line. That's so, cool. So the stories are traumatic. They're hard to hear sometimes. But yeah. knowing, but you leave here knowing, damn, I've I've done good. Yeah, I, done I, good. I made the pretty picture like I normally do, and it made something really, really better for someone, and that's cool. Um, I even simple things, people that are still in process of dealing with something get what I call like reminder tattoos. Mm -hmm. it, these are also tend to be small, not always, but they tend to be small. They're, they're somewhere usually like on the arm, but also they can be pretty much anywhere. They're basically to remind a person to do something, not do something, something that might be causing them problems. 
that got them into a hole the last time. So this time they need to remind them. Yep, yeah. look down at that tattoo and remind yourself that uh, we're not going there again. I imagine addiction and things like that um, could, you know, like like from somebody who has quit smoking more times than I'd like to admit. Yeah. Um, you know, you fall back into that slump, you fall off the wagon, you start smoking again. Mm. It's like, mm-hmm. and then you have to go through that pain again of trying to quit at some point. Didn't we, didn't we do this last time? Yeah. And it the, sucked then, it still the, sucks. The guilt that comes out of that. So like having that, like look down like an X sign or something and like, mm-hmm. oh no, I'm not, like I'm not doing that. I mean, yeah. cover, cover chemical burns and track marks from, from heavy use. Wow. Uh, and you make that part of their life go away. They've, they've been clean for 10 years. They have these scars mm-hmm. and they have these marks and these other things. And they go, hmm, that, that, I want that part of my life to be behind me. But if anybody sees my arms, my legs, anything like that, they know. and they know what they're looking at, they know. Mm-hmm. And I can't escape that. Or we can slam some really cool stuff over the top of it and then... yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and now it's a tattoo. Right? And now you're and just I'm, a tattooed person, yeah. and that's all right. Yeah, and, and yeah, <laughs> it, yes, that's more than right. All right, um, but yeah, and and that's and I think I think people who have not had those wider experiences don't understand that this tattooing is more than just the, the art. It's 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 the soul too. It's, um, it's more than the flesh. It's just it's the soul as well, and um, it's the healing. It's the process. It's the I think we all, Todd, myself, and you, Amanda, are part of this process for people at various stages of healing and uh, reconciliation. And, you know, tattoos are art. They're also healing. They're, you know, they're a whole gamut of things. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's the process itself where i mean you guys know you're sitting there for a little while you're going through some stuff it's not tickle you know mm-hmm. it's it's yeah no, it's something not, else entirely definitely not tickle so sometimes um, it's yeah, it's a little cringy at, at points sometimes more than others i tell you what and of course no one can see what i'm talking about but like like up here i was fully braced for terrible pain yeah and it was like and i'm like oh that's neat and then I was looking away, <laughs> thinking about something, and he got around here and here, and I'm like, "That's oh. special. That feels wonderful." Oh yeah, I was like, "Okay, I'm alive. Yeah, I, I now know I'm alive. This is great." But it there, was so worth it. There is something cathartic about the pain. I think Todd and I have spoke about this. The, yeah. the pain is somewhat cathartic, but yeah, the last piece that Kevin did for me, I did not expect my my calf to be that painful. Yeah, and it can be. It it yeah. I was like, "All right, this is not as bad." Oh my god, that was really bad. Well, a couple days later, you were walking around saying, I still feel my tattoo. I still feel my tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> but so. you tend to remember what happened to you the day you got tattooed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like young and drinking or something back in the 80s or whatever. But in general, you go and get tattooed and you remember everything about that day. Like the t-shirt you're wearing, who you're with, you know, what happened. It's to the point where I have had clients postpone a session because they did not want their tattoo to be associated with a a nasty event that suddenly came up you know a a parent passes away on the day you're supposed to get your tattoo you're not going to be doing anything that day but you don't want to finish this tattoo that's supposed to be about something uh positive and exciting on the day your mom died you're like you know what let's let's wait a couple weeks because i'm going to forever associate 
this tattoo with a bad thing that happened if I go in that day. Wise move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wise move. Um, so yeah, so, so awesome. Well, I think this pretty much covers what we wanted to talk about in terms of uh, the the healing sacred art of tattooing. And mm-hmm. I, I think people, when they when they hear sacred and tattoo together, they're probably like, what? But I think at, at the end of this conversation, I think you might walk away with a different understanding of what tattooing is all about. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe when you see that tattoo on somebody somewhere down the line, instead of casting you know, a, a judgment toward them. Why don't you ask, hey, what's that, what's that tattoo? What's that mean? You know, because right. you, yeah. you never know. <laughs> you never know what the tattoo means or why exactly. they have it. So. And you might just learn something about the person you're talking to. And, and I, I, I think conversations like this are important. I was telling Todd the other day, that I think just the fact that we as clergy, being so inked, are helping destigmatize it and to bring meaning to it and to normalize it. But I get more people who ask me when I reach out to shake their hand and they see my tattoo. They're like, oh, what's that? And I can explain the story of what it symbolizes, mm-hmm. the Cairo, uh, the symbolism, what it means, and then the theology behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah. I do so much of my learning uh, when people request tattoos having to do with religion, science, math, any of this stuff. I get what I call the the super geek tattoos. They could be religious. Um, But now I have to go research something because if I don't know all the information off the top of my head, oh, well, I got to go find out what all this stuff means so I can accurately represent it visually. Right. It's hard to represent what you don't know. So I actually learn a lot of random interesting things about people and religion and beliefs just from tattooing because I have to go research stuff. And I can attest to that because when I got this done, like I, I came in, I would have, I mean, you would have thought Amanda was like a Greek scholar. She's like, oh, so this is like the letters of Christ and uh, so the IHS and you know, like you kind of understood yeah. what the symbology was. And then you took my little black and white <laughs> clip art <laughs> and made it something that I could have, couldn't have even envisioned in my mind. Like, I mean, I, this, like what this turned out to be. And then um, you know the, the the chalice is done in hammered metal, which comes out of your past of working being a metalsmith. Yeah. So I mean, like I, I have a crazy. I have a sweet spot for anything hammered. Yeah. 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 It, well, thank you. Oh sure, sure. <laughs> so, well, friends, uh, I think that this has been uh, episode thirteen, Freebird. Uh, we are glad to have Amanda join us. Uh, we want to do a couple of shameless plugs. First off, Freebird Tattoo. Uh, secondly, Tyler, who rocks. She made our coffee today. I love um, Tyler. Give a shout out, Tyler. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so, uh, and uh, we're gonna have to have a uh, recording session at, at between the bread, Tyler. Absolutely, anytime you guys want. You know it. It's okay. gonna happen. Yay. It's gonna happen. So, um, so the other. Th- plug is, uh, I think we said Freebird Tattoo, and we'll, we'll put your uh, Instagram on there so yeah. people can see your work. Absolutely, thank um, you. My tattoo is actually on there as well. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, link to uh, Kevin's Instagram yeah. so you get an idea of his work as mm-hmm. well. Uh, we'll link up um, all of our social media. Yeah, and, and then uh, we all of our social media, and then friends, what we would like to ask you to do 
it takes three seconds. It really takes three seconds. If you listen to this podcast and you like this podcast, rate it. Please go <laughs> it's, it's a matter of clicking the stars. Yeah. <laughs> go into iTunes and give us a rating because uh, the more that you rate us, the more um, that actually tells Apple that you are listening to us and it gets them to promote us. Yeah, we get higher up on the list so people can actually see our podcast when they're not necessarily intending to. And that gets the good news of the party that we uh, celebrate every month. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Party on John cast out there. And I would also uh, say that, you know, it wouldn't hurt if you reviewed us, too. It, it could be something as, like, awesome as Party On. You know, like, yeah. again, how long, how long would that take? Mm-hmm. So if you like us, uh, review us, rate us. Uh, share us, spread the word, and if you super duper like us, uh, I suggest you go to our Patreon account and you subscribe. There's uh, three options, two, $2 option, uh, uh, $5 option, and $10 option. And I believe the options are, the f- for the first option, what do we call them? Padawan? Uh, it's Padawan. Jedi. Uh, Jedi Knight. We have to look. Um, anyway, we, we named it, has it off to do of Star with Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. So, uh, but for the $2 option, you get uh, all of the bonus audio stuff. Like, we're about to record just an extra conversation with Amanda in a little bit. Um, you'll get the audio version of that. If you go for the $5 version, you get a car magnet, which Sal is holding in his hand. You can't see it, but it's really cool. It's fabulous. I can attest to it. Plus, you get video and audio mm-hmm. uh, stuff. And then if you go to the $10 level, um, you get all of the content that we post. Plus, you get some extra goodies like live sessions where we, we, we you know, kind of hash out future episodes and things like that. So there's a lot of good reasons to support us uh, beyond the fact that we're just cool. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but we would uh, definitely appreciate your support. And then, of course, you can go to the Life Giving Water swag store and buy cups, mugs, T-shirts. I'm wearing one of my T-shirts, so uh, I think that about covers it. Cell phone cases. So share, care, and support. Sharing is caring. <laughs> it is caring. So anyway, uh, with that said, friends, um, I, I want to, again, uh, just thank you for coming. Thank you for coming, Amanda, and being thank a part you. of this. Thanks or, for having me. Or letting us come and be a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, with that said, I would say be excellent to each other. And don't be a jerk. Amen. Amen. Rock on. Rock on.